You are listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org. Good morning. As uh, Pastor Bill said, my name is Donnie. I work mostly in the student ministry around here, uh, but I'm very happy to be with you guys this morning and uh, to talk about All In. That is our theme that we are working on, have been working on, and will be working on and looking at different angles, different things uh, regarding this theme of All In. Since God has gone all in for me, I'm all in for God. And I'm going to add a word to that that I've been thinking a lot about. Uh, Since God has gone all in for me, I'm willing to go all in for God. It's a word that is pretty important to me as I'm up here this morning and thinking about uh, the scripture we're going to be looking at and even about the, the whole theme for this month of even me, I can be all in, even me, and filling in the blank. Even with my dot, 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 I can be all in, and I think that's something as humans, as followers of Jesus, as people who are thinking about following Jesus, usually there's a dot, dot, dot. You know, is this really for me because, and then we fill in our own blank. Here is my hang-up. Here are my issues. Here are my problems. Here's my confusion. Here's my doubt. And we wonder, you know, is this just church speak or can I really be all in? Can I genuinely be called a follower of Jesus because of? And all of us have that. So maybe you'd even kind of be thinking about, like, what is that dot, dot, dot? What is that blank for you? Um, I hope that you have your uh, Riverside Community Church app and to make it real easy for you to follow along with the notes, paper Bible, digital Bible, however you need to get the scriptures this morning, I would encourage you uh, to look at this scripture this morning as we, we deal with it. And in thinking about the text, the story, because everyone has a story, and so it's helpful to look at these stories in the scripture uh, because we can learn from it and we can connect our story to the stories that are, are given to us. When we move through life, There is this idea of being forced to accept or being willing to accept different levels of change. Okay, so this this is like with everything I was thinking about, even with seasons. I talk about this all the time, you know, I'm I'm a little reluctant, little little reluctant, not quite willing to accept the change to having to wear warm clothes. It's just a struggle for me, but it doesn't matter because it's coming. So got to accept it. And life's kind of like that. So we kind of realize change is part of moving through life. But then there are other changes that we don't have to accept. And it really is like, are you willing to accept it? So when a new job is offered to you or, you know, you're ready to, to move into a new grade or, or you can take this class versus this class. And if you want to take the higher level class, you're kind of accepting a level of change in your life. Okay, think my study habits will have to change a little bit. I have to spend more time or you, you're offered to be the coach of your team. You know, okay, I have to change things a little bit. If you're offered a managerial position or, you know, and you can go through this in your mind, the different things in life where it's like we have choices. Are you willing to accept the change that comes along with, sometimes we would say this is progress. Um, And so much of life is about that. And sometimes we struggle with that. We'll say, I'm not really willing to change. It's it's a big part of our lives and so much is a part of our relationships. You want to move forward sometimes in a relationship, it's accepting change in the relationship. I want to be closer to this person. If I want to do what I'm supposed to do in this relationship, I have to accept a willing willing level of of change in this relationship. And so uh, hopefully that gets you kind of thinking about that idea of change. And when it comes to being all in, in a spiritual sense for God, I was thinking, and this is great news, I think. Our ability to be all in, thankfully, is not about where we've been. It is not about where we are. 
it is really about where we are willing to go. Because God offers us a new future. He offers us something awesome. And the question then becomes, am I willing to go there? He removes the obstacle of our past and being concerned about that, being hung up on our past. When Jesus died on the cross, he's saying, I'm willing to cancel all that and we can start over. It's not even about where you are right now as you look at your inability to move forward. It's really about, are you willing to come with me into something brand new? And that's true for everybody in here. Whether, whether you're here and you're just kind of checking the God thing out, whether you've been following Jesus for a long time, we're all in that place of, man, where am I willing to go with Jesus as he extends a hand to me? How far are you willing to go? When it comes to being all in, when it comes to godliness, when it comes to all the promises, the, the future that he wants for you, the future that he died to give you, the future that he created you to have, how far are you willing to go for him, but I like the with, hand in hand. How far are you willing to go? It's a huge question I think we all need to really think about when it comes to our relationship with God, our relationship with Jesus. So let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. God, these are your words we believe that we are looking at and we acknowledge and accept and invite your help in understanding your word. We can't just read these words that you have left for us and understand everything that we need to. So even in a, to some of us, very familiar account or story, help us to see something new, something fresh, that will inspire us to leave here, and as we've already touched on this morning, God, that will lead us to actually do something and change and be able to move forward. Help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 19. And uh, it's important to note at the very beginning of the text that we're talking about in Luke 19, it's important to note that Jesus is the one seeking here. He is the one on the hunt, so to speak. As he travels, as he goes through cities, as he moves around, Jesus is just constant. He's on his way somewhere, but one thing that's awesome about Jesus, he's on his way from point A to point B, but in between point A and point B, he is so attentive to who is around him, who's in the crowd, even on the outskirts of the crowd. Jesus is amazingly attentive through the power of the Holy Spirit to who is in his presence. He's watching. And he's not just watching, he's looking. Well, what's he looking for? Hopefully this, in this series, and we're talking about this, you'll kind of get an idea of what Jesus is looking for. Who is, who is he watching for? Who is he looking for? What kind of people is Jesus looking for when it comes to being all in? What kind of attitude? What kind of heart is he looking for? And so we'll see in the story that it seems like, you know, this, this person is looking for him. But it's, again, it's important to note that Jesus was looking for this person before this person was ever looking for him. So with that in mind, Luke 19, if you've been in church for a long time, if, if you've uh, even been in Sunday school when you were a little kid, this is a story. And stories are uh, so easy to communicate and get stuff out of. So you may have heard the story of Zacchaeus. And it's kind of funny because I, I did go to Sunday school when I was a kid. And there's a song about Zacchaeus. And, you know, I always, there, it's, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, wee little man. Was he, and there's this part in the song, the Sunday school thing, where it's like, Zacchaeus, he's, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. And as I was a little kid, I was like, oh. Like, he's in trouble. Like, I didn't interpret that as a good thing at all. It's like, dude, Jesus called him out. 
Like, if he just would have stayed on the background, like, man, he's in trouble. I, I don't want Jesus to point at me and be like, come to your house, it's bad, you know? Uh, but hopefully there's a little more to that that we can see today. So uh, Luke chapter 19 says in verse one, Jesus entered Jericho and he was passing through. Passing through, but always watching, always hunting, always looking. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was not just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. So he wasn't just a jerk. He was a big jerk. <laughs> now, if you don't understand what that's all about, it's, I mean, tax collectors were cheats. Very wealthy, but they, they skimmed off the top. They took, took taxes from their own people and to... to provide for themselves a little bit more, like to get way more. They would just collect more taxes and keep the rest. And so they were despised. You know, they were traitors. You know, you're giving money to the Roman government um, and you're ripping off your own people. So people did not like tax collectors and he was like in charge of other tax collectors. Big, big, big guy financially, not a big guy physically apparently. So verse three, he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. Hmm, chief tax collector, sinner, outsider to his own people. What's going on here? A lot of questions we could ask. Like, what was Jesus doing that got so much attention? Well, we kind of, if you read through the Gospels, the story, the accounts of Jesus' life, he was doing some flashy stuff. His teaching was very charismatic. He was healing people, feeding people. Jesus, was, there was a lot of stir around him. So there's a crowd following him. And so even if he hadn't heard about that stuff, there's a crowd. And when there's a crowd, you're kind of like, Who's, what's going on? So Zacchaeus had obviously heard some stuff. Heard some, and he's a chief tax collector, so he probably had his ears to the ground or kind of knew what was happening in his region. So for whatever reason, and he's hearing maybe a little bit about the teaching of this guy's radical. He heard something that, that caused him to want to see Jesus. And I believe that that something was even, even brought further by the fact, I think the Holy Spirit was doing this. Holy Spirit was drawing him. And he, the Holy Spirit draws all of us. And again, are we willing to respond? Even to that, that little inkling just to move and go check it out, that's the Holy Spirit going, come a little closer there, there's something here for you. Are you willing to come a little closer? And so Zacchaeus climbed a sycamore fig tree. Another thing that's important to realize that stood out to me is that you've got this rich guy. Very, very, there's a lot of status, a lot of dignity there. To do what he did was extremely undignified. For a wealthy person, for someone who was up in years a little bit, who was of a certain age and a certain class, to run, number one. Number two, to climb a tree, he would have looked very undignified doing that. And so to look at other people would have been kind of pointing and, and raising an eyebrow or making an expression going, man, that's below him. Like, what are you doing? This is something a child does to climb a tree. You're debasing yourself here. So other people would have looked not only unkindly at him for who he was, but now he furthers that spectacle by putting himself in a position where other people are looking at him as kind of doing something he shouldn't be doing for who he is. It's interesting that Zacchaeus, man, has some drive there. A drive to, to not care. So I was thinking about this idea of all in, and I was thinking, anyone willing to go up can be all in. Now, what I mean by go up, we can see that he went up the tree, but what did that mean? Going up here means becoming undignified. 
getting to a place where I'm not, gonna, I'm not necessarily gonna judge my actions or determine what I'm about to do to respond to God or check God out. The Holy Spirit's pulling me. And honestly, like I don't care what everyone thinks about it. I, I need to follow this through. I need to move forward with this regardless of how the culture will judge me, regardless of what you know, social status says I should do. At this moment, the most important thing that I can do is respond to the draw of the Holy Spirit. I have to see Jesus. So I'm climbing the street. I don't care how many rules it breaks because I really need to do this to respond to God. And I think there's something to that. Obviously, there was something to that because Jesus noticed it. So what is going up the tree? Going up isn't just becoming undignified for becoming undignified's sake. Going up is seeking. Going up is, is kind of being willing to put ourselves out a little bit, go out of our way to see Jesus to check Jesus out, to hear Jesus? Is there a truth here that I need to know? I'm willing to go out of my way to know this truth. I'm willing to go out of my way to see what God has for me. And when I was thinking of this word undignified, two other people in scripture came to my mind when I thought of this word undignified. And if you look back at the Old Testament, the first part of the Bible, one person I was thinking about was King David. He became undignified when he, they were bringing the ark back in to Jerusalem. The ark of the covenant is very important, represented God, God's presence. It's very important. It's bringing it back to Jerusalem. And David, as king, kind of like was in a state of undress. He was like in his undergarments, kind of. And he was dancing in worship before the ark. He was celebrating. He's coming in. People looked at that and they were like, ooh, this is not, this is undignified. He didn't care. He was worshiping God. It was an act of worship for him. And he didn't care what, what the rules were. He was worshiping God. But the big one I was thinking about, man, and if Zacchaeus could have known this, I think it was, think it was undignified for, for Zacchaeus to climb up this tree. He's trying to look at the guy who would become way more undignified than Zacchaeus had become by also going up on a tree, but way worse cursed, naked, bloody, dying and being mocked. Why? For Zacchaeus. So this isn't a God that expects us to be undignified, but won't become undignified for us. We will never be able to match the level of being undignified that Jesus was willing to go through for us. I wonder if Zacchaeus thought about that later in life. If he saw what Jesus did going up his tree and said, man, I thought that was pretty impressive what I did, but look what this guy was willing to do for me. Something to think about. Anyone willing to go up, anyone willing to go up, become undignified, can be all in. It's not about where we were. It's not about where we are. It's about where we're willing to go. How far will I go to see Jesus? And again, you'd say, well, that's a small step. He climbed up a tree. A journey is made up of steps. And it was the first level of change that Zacchaeus was willing to change something about his life in that moment. He was willing to accept that new level of change. And it continues. It's a progression. It's a process. Luke chapter 19, verse 5. When Jesus reached the spot, so Zacchaeus is like hanging out in a tree. <laughs> and Jesus gets to the spot. He looks up and said to him, Zacchaeus, this is the part in the song where I was like, ooh. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. That I must there is more than maybe we might 
read initially, if you kind of take a second and third pass at it, I must come to your house today. The wording of that, and Jesus rolled like this all the time, is kind of to the depth of I have to as in God wants me to. There is a a divine necessity that I be with you today. I see you here and it is part of God's plan for me on this trip that I'm taking that I divert what I'm doing and it is part of what God wants me to do right now to make a stop at your house. So this is a divine thing. Jesus is sensing from the Holy Spirit and him being God and modeling what living for God is like by being tuned into the Holy Spirit, I must be with you today. It is God-ordained. This whole thing was God-planned, God-ordained, Holy Spirit drawing you. It's not an accident. I must go to your house today because there's something spiritually important that needs to happen here. So it's, there's, there's an intensity and a weight to that. And so Zacchaeus is now in this position where he's in the tree, and that's, it's kind of comfortable to be in the tree. It's kind of comfortable to sit and, and watch from a distance, but now Jesus is right there looking at him going, you, let's, let's get uncomfortably close. I want to be in your living room. I want to actually talk with you. I want to know you, and I want you to know me. I think we can hang out in trees for a long time. And Jesus is always going, come here, let, let's, let's, do, let's get closer. And that's uncomfortable, because it's easier to sit in a crowd, like even this morning, like I'm not talking to any one of you. If I like started looking right at one of you and like preaching right at you, you'd be like, this is awkward, you know? Like, like why are you telling, you think I have a problem in my life? Like, why are we doing this right now? He's looking at Zacchaeus and he's inviting, he's not forcing him. He's saying, I've got to come to your house, this is what I need to do. But Zacchaeus needed to come down out of that tree. He needed to come down out of that tree. And, and when it comes to being all in, when it comes to this process of moving forward and asking ourselves how far are we willing to go, anyone willing to come down can be all in. Well, what does come down mean? It really means to welcome Jesus gladly into our personal space, into our living room, into our business, into our uncomfortableness, letting him, he sees it already. He knew who Zacchaeus was. He knew all about him. But it's inviting that, welcoming that. I am willing to let you sit in my living room and see who I really am. I'm willing to take a step closer to you. I'm willing to let you interact with the parts of my life that I like to keep to myself. And when we do that, when we welcome Jesus gladly, it's accepting a level of change in our relationship with him. I'm not just gonna be in the crowd. I'm not gonna stay in the tree I'm willing to let you interact. And again, we could think like, well, this is just for newer Christians or people. It's not. It's for all of us because there's, there are always parts of our life that we're trying to gather into ourself. There are always, there's always a drift toward being in the tree. You know, sometimes as we get older, we do it more to where we close off more parts of our life because we have it figured out. So I think we all, it would do us well to consider this. Are we letting Jesus into our personal space? If we're gonna be all in, like Zacchaeus, more than superficial, we need to let him into our business. Let him look into our eyes. And it's uncomfortable. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make any bones about that. It is uncomfortable to do that because it makes, makes us acknowledge some things. And being in the presence of Jesus is awesome and he's loving, but there's also some uncomfortableness. To, to be around that is just, yeah, it, it can be a little bit uncomfortable. So it goes on in Luke 19:7. All the people saw this. Jesus wasn't trying to hide it. It's all a public thing here. All people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up 
and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Now, this is a Jewish guy who was familiar with the Old Testament law. And if you go read through the whole Old Testament, you could do today, light reading before lunch, read the whole first part of the Bible. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of like laws in there, a lot of things that, you know, do this, do that. If you steal from someone, give this much back. This was way more than the law that he would have subscribed to spiritually would have required four times the amount. This was overkill. This was him saying, I'm not, I'm not gonna do the bare minimum here. My heart right now is so full. I'm, I'm gonna go all in. I'm gonna go all the way. This is what I'm willing to do. And he hadn't done it yet. He's just saying this. And it's interesting that in just saying this, part of us, if I was there, I probably would go, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'll believe that when I see it. Jesus did not do that. Not only was he believing in Jesus here, but Jesus is kind of, and you're gonna, we'll see this in a minute, was kind of believing what he was saying. Jesus was believing him. So out of this, this willingness that Zacchaeus had, he's saying, you know, I'm, gonna do, I'm not just gonna do the bare minimum. I'm not just gonna come to the line. I'm gonna do way more than what's even expected or required of me because I care about this. I want, I want to be all in. I want, Jesus, I wanna be close to you. So I'm gonna go to this level. It's interesting how Jesus responds to people with that heart. There's a big difference between just wanting to do kind of this and willing to go all in. And Zacchaeus clearly demonstrates that he wants to do more than what's expected, more than just the minimum requirement. He wants to be all in. A very wise person told me one time, always do a little more than what's expected of you. And generally, your life will just be healthier, your relationships will be healthier. I've just latched on to that little statement. It's so simple, but it's so powerful. And that's kind of what Zacchaeus is doing here. He stands up. There's that posture again. He comes down out of the tree. He, he goes up in the tree, he comes down out of the tree. And then it says he stood up. Anyone willing to stand up like he stood up that day can be all in. Well, what does that represent? We could word it a lot of different ways, but, but I was kind of thinking about it. I think standing up there is, is equivalent to demonstrating your faith. Like, like Pastor Bill was saying earlier, there's, there's saying it, but then there's like, here's what I am willing to do in response to, to who you are, Jesus. In response to what you have done for me, in response to you seeking me, in response to your forgiveness, in response to your love, in response to all of your willingness to become undignified for me, here's what I'm willing to do for you. And that's what Zacchaeus did today. He stood up and he said, this is what I'm gonna do in response to you. I'm willing to do this. And Jesus looks at that and says, yeah, I, you know, I believe you. You know, Zacchaeus, you're saying that you're willing to align your actions with what you believe. You're willing to align your actions with who I am. You're willing to align your life with the truth that you say you believe. There's power in that. Zacchaeus says that. I want to align my life with the truth of who God is and with the truth of who Jesus is. Pretty powerful. I'm going to live according to the truth of God from this point on in my life as it relates to me and you. But look how it affects his relationships with other people. Immediately, this thing that's happening between him and Jesus is now affecting the way he's relating to the people around him. It's the way it's supposed to be. It's the way God wants it to be. So 
so Jesus' response is equally forceful. He's not just saying, okay, Zacchaeus, you know, it's pretty good, nice job. Look what he says uh, in verse nine, Luke 19, nine. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. Wow, that's big. And he hasn't even done anything yet. All he's done is said, I'm willing to do this. Salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. What does that mean, the son of Abraham? I don't get it. Like, what, what does that mean? Well, Abraham was this incredible uh, man of God in the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament. So Jewish people revered Abraham. He was an example of what it meant to follow God, to love God, to know God. So it's like, you know, everyone needs to be like Abraham. And if you're doing the right stuff and you're loving God, then you're kind of like a son or a daughter of Abraham. For Jesus to look at this scumbag and say, here's a true son of Abraham would have been piercing to the people in the crowd going, oh, we need to rethink this that way. So it's not just about doing these rote things and actions. If it's not about that, because this dude hasn't done anything yet but bad, then how can he say he's a true son of Abraham if he's done no actions yet? It's a hard thing. It's a hard thing. Anyone who's willing to believe, because that's what Abraham did, is God reached out to Abraham. He believed what God said, and he was willing to act on it. That's what Abraham did. And it was credited to him as righteousness. Credited to him. Like God said, okay, I'll give you this one. Like, I believe you. I see what's in your heart. And before you do anything, because you don't need to do anything to come to Jesus, come to God, it's a willingness to even come to him. And God says, come here. And he will put his arms around those who are humble and open and seeking and willing to say, Jesus, I will go to the next level. I'm scared, I'm nervous, I'm broken, here's my junk, but here I am, I'm coming to you with all of that. And he looks at Zacchaeus and says, hey, you're not a scumbag, I love you. So much I'm willing to be in your house today, and again, I'm gonna climb a tree for you too. Zacchaeus didn't know that yet. But here's what I'm willing to do for you. What does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? Anyone willing to change can be all in. Willing to change can be all in. That's what I just kept thinking about with Zacchaeus. With each step, he accepted a level of change. And it's a process. You know, God's so gracious with us. You know, we, we, we move a little bit, and he comes a long distance. With every little step, we t- he, he's right there with us. And he brings us along. So gracious, so patient, so kind, so loving. Not there to strike us down or point out all the flaws. He's, he's doing this. Come here. Come here. Let's go a little further. I'm going to take you a little bit further. Anyone willing to change. Anyone willing to change. Anyone. Zacchaeus. He was a scumbag. He was hated. He did so much wrong. He cheated people. Poor families who didn't have enough to eat. He stole their money. Like, like we could go on all day about how bad he really was. Like, even this idiot, whatever you want, you could fill in all kinds of bad blanks because you know people would call him that behind his back when he walked down the street. This is how bad this dude is. Even him? Yeah, even him. Why? Because he's willing to come to Jesus. His heart is willing to change. When change is a scary word to some of us. And here's, and, and, and I've been thinking about this too. Change, a level of change, I'm nervous about change. And here's a promise. I love being, doing what we're doing this morning, talking about God, talking about Jesus, because I can say that, I can make this bold statement. Any change that God will ever initiate in your life, any change, for all of them, will, not one of them will be bad. Every change that God draws us into is always good. It's not just good for us. 
It's good for the people around us. He will never change you. He'll never change me in a way that is negative for us or the people around us. Now, will the changes be easy? No, no. But they'll always be good, every time. And he makes us that promise. What kind of heart is he looking for? I think Psalm 51, verses 16 and 17, beautifully articulate, as Jesus is looking through the crowd, what he's looking for. Psalm 51, 16 and 17, you do not desire a sacrifice or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart. Oh God, well, repentant? What is repentance? I'm willing to set all this aside and point this direction. I'm willing to change because of who you are Here's my heart. Everyone has a story. Zacchaeus had his. What's yours? What's yours? What will your story be in response to what Jesus has done for you? We have a video this morning by uh, by one of our our own who comes here. His name is Ron Nichols. And uh, this whole idea of, of change, it's good to hear people's stories sometimes to be able to think about our own lives and to reflect a little bit. So hopefully what Ron says in the next uh, few minutes here will add a little bit of that point of reflection to what we're talking about this morning. So um, receive from Ron for a second here in his story. God was in my life since I would say high school, but uh, I didn't have any kind of background in it, you know, like, my, I came from a great family, um, we, you know, lived by all the rules of the Bible, but it wasn't, we weren't doing it for God, it was just, it's the right thing to do, so that's what we did, you know, we, um, but there was always just this thing in me that I was always wanting to learn more, but uh, I didn't have the support to figure it out. Fast forward, I went to graduate school at Eastern Kentucky, and, um, I met Coach Ward, and uh, he is my mentor. Uh, he, yeah, he helped me a ton. At this time, I also got some friends that would that were Christians. So I was in a good, sweet spot, and I was like, this is cool, I'm learning some more. I got this down, and uh, the tipping point was I met a girl, and we were dating, and I was loving life, and then uh, she, asked to go out to lunch one day uh, in between classes I went and these words like I still hear them and she was breaking our relationship off and uh, she told me it was because I wasn't godly enough that crushed me um, because I was thinking wait I'm doing all of these things that I'm I think that I'm supposed to be doing and uh, it turned me off like I was I was done for, it was a couple days, you know, like I was just like, this is done, I'm over it, I'm just going to uh, live my life the way I had before I came to, to Kentucky. And then uh, I went to visit my brother um, about a six hour drive away, and I was at his house and I was in the shower, and it's kind of weird because I felt the water coming over me, but it was God too, yeah. saying that, you are everything that I need you to be. On the drive home, 
and this is just, it was a beautiful day. It was uh, in July and I had the windows down, just listening to music and that's when I became a Christian. Um, I can see it right now, beautiful sun, beautiful sky. I'm a naturalist, I connect to God mostly um, through the outdoors and uh, that's when I became a Christian. And uh, that's when I, I guess that's when I developed my relationship that was meaningful and real. It wasn't about uh, going to church. It wasn't about any of those things. It was I, the big man saying, I got you that day driving down the interstate um, because it wasn't about rules or anything anymore. It was, um, he just wants to make me better for his mission. And um, an understanding that I was gonna mess up big time along the way and that it wasn't, that I had to feel guilty about it, that it was, you messed up, um, fix what you're doing and, and move on. So it was, um, you know, a lot of people think of why are, you, why are you a Christian? You have to do all of these certain things. And it was completely different to me. It was like, um, it was freeing. It was like, here are the rules and get inside of this box and go for it, you know? Um, here's your lane, stay between it, you know, stay between the lines. And, uh, and so it was, it was freeing for me. It sounds weird to say that following the rules was freeing, but it is. My all in is just, I think of it as a, a, I'm a, I ride bikes a lot, so I have this idea in my head that you know God is the center, and then everything that I'm doing around it is it, is all in. So it, it seems really simplistic, but um, yeah, I'm a I'm a wellness educator. You know, I teach kids every day, and I think that is my all in. I'm a role model for them. I'm a role model for my son, my daughter, my wife, people around me. It's my daily life, you know, like I, I, I'm a naturalist, so coming to church on Sunday is really not my thing, you know. I don't know if that's what I should be saying with everybody watching this, but it's not, like, uh, but I come because I learn more and I get to know other people that, uh, that, that can help me and then I can help them. So being all in is just, you know, you wake up and, and I, my constant prayer all the time is use me give me the, the courage to follow through on the things you want me to do. Um, which one would be doing this interview because it's really not my uh, thing to be doing this kind of stuff. But I mean, it was, it was easy when I was asked. I was like, that's something you gotta do because I think that uh, my story may run parallel with somebody else's. There are a lot of things that we could talk about and point out in that story. And, and as, as we move forward here, I'll ask the worship team to come back up and we're gonna respond this morning. But in listening to what Ron was saying, there are two things that kind of rise to the surface. And especially as it relates to what we're talking about this morning, I think it's very important as we've said this morning, and I'm listening to Ron, that this is a process made up of steps. And I think sometimes we, we're looking at the end and, and we want to skip to the end or, or whatever, but I think the real focus is what's right in front of us. And with that question in mind, or with that idea in mind, it, the question becomes what next step will demonstrate your willingness to change? As you look into the eyes of Jesus, as you consider what God has done for you, what next step in your story in the process, the journey that God has had you on, what next step is he calling you to? And maybe you've been feeling the Holy Spirit going, come a little closer, come here. 
this is the next step for you. This is where I want to take you and I want to lead you. Are you willing to go here? And I think that's the real question that will help us to know what to do this week, what to do this month. We can get overwhelmed looking at the whole picture, all the things that we're not, or where is God taking me ultimately? Focus on the next thing, the next step. We don't know what happened to Zacchaeus, what his ultimate story was, but he needed to take those first few steps. Another thing that's striking to me about the video is that Ron's moments or his process, what we might consider the huge parts of it did not happen inside of a church building. So important. As we go out into the world, as you go to your job and your school, who are the Rons out there that God wants to use you in their process? A coach that called him forward and said, come a little closer. Someone who looked at him and said, hey, this is kind of how I'm feeling. This is what I'm seeing. How can we be that? Because those powerful moments, most of them maybe don't happen inside of churches. They happen where you work. They happen in your neighborhood. They happen when you're playing video games with your friends. They happen when you're just out there living and God brings someone in. Are you looking like Jesus was looking? With the power of the Holy Spirit, are are your eyes searching for those who are hungry, for those who are open, for those who are climbing the tree to see? Because they're around us. Do we see them? A lot, of peop- a lot of people come through these doors on a Sunday morning after already having interacted with you. And they're coming to learn more, coming to check it out, just like Ron. How can we be used? Such a huge prayer. So I'd ask that you bow your heads and close your eyes. And there's a lot to think about this morning. What next step for you will demonstrate your willingness to change? And move forward with Jesus. Maybe you're here this morning and the next step for you is that very simple thing of welcoming Jesus gladly. Maybe you're here this morning and you do for the first time in your life. Need to and want to and feel drawn to say to Jesus, yeah, I'll let you into my personal space. I believe you. I I have enough to go on here and I'm feeling enough by the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to say yes to you, Jesus. Will you forgive my past? Can we forget about where I've been? Can we forget about where I am? I want to move forward with you, hand in hand with you. I want to make that decision this morning. You can say that to him just like that this morning, just like Zacchaeus did. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, God, forgive me because somehow I've gotten into a place where I haven't really been willing to to change. And I've been kind of just staying where I am. And you've been moving me, beckoning me, pulling on me. And honestly, I've kind of squared my shoulders towards you and and I've just kind of been standing in the same place or maybe you're here this morning and you're just kind of in the tree and you've been in the tree for a long time you know you maybe you've been sitting your tree might be a church chair and you you, you're great at sitting in the church chair but but that pulling forward you've just been dodging it and and you and him know that and maybe it's time this morning for you to say to him God forgive me let's just be honest you see it I see it I want to take that uncomfortable step forward Maybe you're here this morning and you know the step. You've been hearing it. Other people have been telling you, kind of like Ron was saying, I'm seeing these things. People are talking to me. You know what the next step is, but you are scared. You are confused. You are frustrated. Whatever you're feeling that's kind of got you stuck, maybe your prayer this morning is, Holy Spirit, help me because I cannot do this next step on my own. Help me. I want to do this. I need to do this, but I absolutely need your help. Will you help me? God, I pray as all of us here this morning respond to you in prayer and worship, 
that you would help us, that you would answer these prayers, that you would hear these prayers and inspire us and equip us to move forward into the next place that you want us to go, always for good, not just for us, but for the people around us. In your name that we pray and worship and respond in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Riverside Community Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at www.riversideconnect.org.